Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, of all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is the Los Angeles CityCast with Danielle Alvari, presented by Bet Rivers. Hi there, and welcome into your Wednesday edition of the Los Angeles CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Danielle Alvari. Before we get into the NBA action, man, that's nice to have that back. And WNBA right around the corner come May. Uh, so get excited for that as well. And speaking of the WNBA women's basketball update here, because the women's final four is now set. Stanford is a one point favorite versus UConn. UConn, the only two seed in the final four. If you don't follow women's basketball closely, uh, like a, a lot of people probably don't yet. But you better jump on the train because if you missed the UConn-NC State game on Monday, you missed one of the best basketball games in March. Seriously. I think it was the best one I've seen this season, this March, for sure. Uh, double overtime game, and UConn came out on top. But yes, UConn a two-seed, if you can believe it, because I think that we all think of UConn as this dominant team in the women's college basketball sphere. But if you really look at it, they haven't been that dominant dominant force that they used to be in this basketball arena since Brianna Stewart who is now in the Seattle Storm was on that team several years ago so they are still a powerhouse of course but there's just a couple other powerhouses in the mix now so it's nice to see that more and more teams are becoming competitive for so long it was UConn 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 at the top and now you're getting a little bit more diversification now I say little, very stressed, because we still have three one seeds in the final four for women. So, like I said, Stanford, a one-point favorite versus UConn. I think take the point with UConn, uh, or not point, rather, look at the money line, because what's one point for you? But, man, pick pick a money line on this side, because it's going to be a good, good game. 
we'll break this one down on Friday's pod, to be honest with you, but just an update in case you want to get some early action. South Carolina is an eight-point favorite over Louisville. That's the other game. Uh, eight-point favorite. Eight-point in a Final Four. That's how dominant this South Carolina team is. Again, more on that on Friday. Uh, Friday's pod, rather, because both games are being played on Friday as well, so you don't want to miss that one. And I will, of course, tweet out what I'm betting on those games uh, if and when that rolls around. Uh, as for the men's games, those going on on Saturday for the Final Four, Kansas, a four-and-a-half point favorite versus Villanova, and Duke, four-and-a-half versus North Carolina. So a little bit more even there between those matchups. On the topic of women's basketball, by the way, before we get into everything with today's show, good things coming to L.A., because Kiki Rice, five foot eleven guard, ranked number two in the 2022 recruiting class, headed to UCLA. We already knew this. That's not breaking news. Uh, but she picked it over UConn, Stanford, Arizona, and Duke. She is the highest ranked women's basketball prospect ever to commit to UCLA. She recently won the Gatorade National Girls Basketball Player of the Year, the Morgan Wooten National Player of the Year, and just won MVP in the McDonald's All-American Game in Chicago on Tuesday night. She played against her former or her future teammate, rather, future Bruin teammate, Gabriela Jaquez, who is Jaime Jaquez Jr.'s little sister. She will be joining the Bruins next season. Uh, she was the lead point scorer on the opposing West team. But Kiki Rice told Yahoo Sports, at UCLA, the prospect of bringing a first national championship in the women's basketball program, of course, to Polly Pavilion was something that really interested me and I was super excited to do. So I'm super excited to see if she can make that a reality. But more on that in the future. In today's show, part one, Lakers lost at the Mavs Tuesday night. They'll be back in action on Thursday. We'll talk about it. Clippers beat the Jazz on Tuesday, and Paul George is officially back and looking good. And then next, we'll get into actually some NHL action, if you can believe it. We'll break down Kings, who play on Wednesday, and the Ducks, who play on Thursday. But first things first, we always check out the Los Angeles lines available at Bet River Sportsbook. So in the NBA, the Clippers are 25-1 to to win the West, 60-1 to to win the championship. So that's just move ever slightly here. 30-1 to to win the West was the previous number, now down to 25. And they're at the Bulls on Thursday. No line for that game just yet. Lakers are 50 to 1 to win the West, 100 to 1 to win the championship. And on Thursday, Lakers at the Jazz. Yes, the Jazz who just lost to the Clippers. Kind of a good game, actually. We'll get to that. Uh, like I talked about, the NCAA men's basketball final four Duke, four and a half point favorite over North Carolina, and Kansas, four and a half over Villanova. And when we get to the NHL, uh, Kings at the Oilers, Ducks at Stars, again in the second half of this pod. Uh, Rams still plus 150 to win the NFC West, plus 550 to win the NFC, and 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. You can find all these odds and more at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Now, before we get into Lakers and then Clippers, let's talk uh, real quick the Dodgers. Because I'm interested to see what they're going to look like here. Neither the Dodgers or the White Sox made the 2021 World Series. But somehow they enter the 2022 season as the overwhelming favorites here to be back in the playoffs after winning their divisions. Now the Dodgers are minus 200 to win the National League West. While the White Sox are minus 190 to win the American League Central. So no surprise here. The rich get richer in the Dodgers world. Uh, but... There also is a little bit of drama, in case you missed it. The Trevor Bauer saga continues, uh, accused of some pretty brutal sexual assault charges uh, that have, you know, already been explored. Not something that I want to expand on, 
to be honest with you, but he did tweet out today that uh, he filed a defamation lawsuit against The Athletic and its former MLB reporter Molly Knight uh, in the U.S. District Court for Central District of California. He said, here's the complaint if you want to read it. Uh, and there were mixed reviews, mixed reactions to this. Of course, there's people who are saying they don't want somebody crucified in the court of public opinion, which is completely understandable. Uh, but at the same time, there are people saying that, you know, it just seems like an athlete getting away with something yet again. And we're seeing this play out uh, across the sports sphere, not necessarily in the MLB alone. Um, but it is tough to say when none of us were there, right? So not going to expand any further on that. But frankly, yeah, Bauer, good pitcher. Nice to have back in the lineup, I guess. But uh, I'm not going to miss him if he's not there. Lakers. Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. They lost to the Mavs on Tuesday night, 128 to 110. And now for the first time since the first week of the regular season, they're officially out of playing position. Now, they were playing without LeBron James. Uh, we know Anthony Davis has still been out. He's got that right midfoot sprain. Uh, LeBron just dealing with what? Just overload of the knees. The left ankle sprain is what was listed. So no surprise here. The Lakers lost, but... Did they even try to play defense because they were down 82 to 56 in the first half? Okay, the Mavs' largest lead in this game was 37 points. Luka Doncic retorted a 30-point triple-double in the first three quarters. And you would think, well, LeBron and AD out of the mix. Westbrook had to step up, right? 25 points out of him. Malik Monk produced a team-high 28 points. Uh, so that's positive, but... You're not winning the game. It was interesting, too, because after the game, they asked Westbrook what the team needed to change to get back on track or to win games or whatever. And he said nothing. Nothing needed to be changed. And that's an interesting take, to be honest. I mean, unless you're just waiting for LeBron James and Anthony Davis to come back uh, on their, you know, shining night horse and rescue this team. Are they going to do that? This team has been a dumpster fire this entire second half since the All-Star break. Um, and there's no reason to believe that there's an end in sight for that, frankly. It's really unfortunate because they got the championship, but weren't they kind of set up to get more than one or at least make a run at more than one? And at this point, like I said, out of play in position. Now, maybe it's not a panic moment. Maybe that's like, oh, well, they, at any given moment, LeBron James can get them back in that position. But does he want to? And then even in the play in position, they're not guaranteed to get into the playoffs. The Lakers are 4-13 since the All-Star break, which is on pace, by the way, to be the franchise's second lowest win percentage post-All-Star break in team history. Just abysmal, really rough times all around. Uh, I think that Lakers forward Stanley Johnson said it best after the game. We just got our butt whooped straight up. They straight up did. It was just, it's, I mean, I feel bad if you're a Lakers fan because at least if you're a Clippers fan, they are fighting. They are clawing tooth and nail. And yeah, they've had even ups and downs, right? We saw the start of the season, this pretty strong defense emerge. And then their offense was still kind of struggling to get it together, which was a bunch of role players. So of course, they're trying to figure out how is this going to work without Paul George and without Kawhi Leonard and, and really without anybody producing that offense consistently. They kind of figure that out. They're on this upper trajectory. And then things kind of shake out. If you've been listening to the pod, you've heard me talk about how the Clippers defense has been struggling a little bit lately, which is what's a little bit worrisome to me. Uh, but now that we're seeing Paul George back in the mix, it's great that this team struggled the way it did and fought for every win because now they're still kind of in a good spot when they're getting these stars back, right? The Lakers team is just 
old and they don't care, it seems like. And I feel bad because I know there's guys on that team that do. But at the same time, you have LeBron James, you have Anthony Davis, you have Russell Westbrook, which I know that's not necessarily a winning equation when you put them all together. But there's enough star power on this team for it to be a playoff team at the minimum. The fact that we're talking about the Lakers as, Lakers as are they a playoff team, is hilarious to the franchise itself. That said, Stanley said it. They got their butts whooped straight up. Lakers, Jazz on Thursday. Yes, the Jazz lost to the Clippers, so they have not been having the easiest time either. Uh, but that said, the Lakers have three straight losses now. They still have not won two consecutive games since, what is it, January 8th? We're keeping the record going. Uh, Utah Jazz are up next. Let's see, let's see. The Jazz have, or The Lakers have covered four of their last ten. But Utah is 0-5 ATS in their last five. Yikes. On both sides, right? The Lakers are just so streaky is what makes them so hard to bet on because you could accidentally win a bet on the Lakers, but it would be like, why did you bet on the Lakers? And be honest, right? And it can't be I'm a Lakers fan as the only reason. Um, Utah on the other side, I mean, 0-5 ATS in their last five, just really, really struggling. So that's almost unbettable. The last time these teams played was February 16th before the All-Star break, and the Lakers won 106 to 101. It kind of was this little bright light, this little upward, oh, okay, maybe we're going to be okay here. Um, I might have been. Was that the game that Anthony Davis hurt his foot? I feel like it was. Uh, the Jazz were four-point favorites in that, and the Lakers won by five. So I do think that the Lakers match up well with the Jazz, and they even uh, are usually able to do that even with their big guys kind of out. They're not going to be able to do it without LeBron James in there as well. Uh, the Jazz just also have Rudy Gobert, which is interesting too because Rudy Gobert's only missed two games in March, and it doesn't seem like this is a, should have had as big of an impact as it has, but the Jazz defense in March has allowed 113.5 points per 100 possessions, which is not great. They also, like I said a million times, lost to the Clippers on Tuesday. And the reason that's so impressive is because they had a 25-point lead and still lost. Um, so shout out to the Clippers again, just hustlers out there. Uh, but the Jazz, 7-2-1 ATS in their last 10 games overall. So that sounds a heck of a lot better than 0-5 in their last five. So maybe they're due. And fortunately, they're playing a Lakers team that may or may not have LeBron James, probably won't have Anthony Davis. And is, say it with me, people, unbettable. The Lakers are just unbettable right now. We used to say unbeatable for about the Lakers, and yet here we are, Lakers unbettable yet again. Uh, not even live. Not even live for me, guys. That's how you know a team's really bad. If you're supposed to be good and you fall down a little bit, and I'm like, you're the better team, you'll come back. No, not necessarily. I'm interested to see how this will work out, though, because, again, I do think that the Lakers in the past, in this season, have matched up well against the Jazz. They've seemed to have that figured out. So, you know, if you want to throw a dart at the board on the next time the Lakers are going to cover a game, maybe this is the one, but I would not. Uh, as for the Clippers, we talked about them extensively already, but they beat the Jazz on Tuesday, 121-115 to was the final score in that. And again, so exciting, so cool to see because the Jazz had a 25-point lead at one point. Uh, but the Clippers, including... Buried the lead here, guys. Paul George is back. Uh, they came back to win by six. It's their first cover in seven games. So worse than the 0-5 ATS that the Jazz were rocking. Uh, but first cover in seven games and first win in six. They also have a pretty tough schedule coming up here. If you look at the Clippers in the next couple games, 
they get to finish with two easy games, but before that, it's going to be quite a few tests for them. So we see they just took on the Jazz. They won. They lost to the 76ers last Friday, and it was pretty, pretty rough loss. Uh, they have the Bulls on Thursday. They're at the Bucks on Friday. Fun. Fun back-to-back there. Uh, we'll talk about how to bet that one on Friday. Uh, spoiler alert, probably an under. Uh, and then the Pelicans Clippers. Uh, Pelicans at the Clippers on Sunday, April 3rd. Man, this is a gauntlet. Suns at the Clippers on Wednesday, April 6th. So we have Bulls, Bucks away, and then they get to host the Pelicans and the Suns. They'll finish off with the Kings and the Thunder. So four four games that are coming up here that are pretty critical for the Clippers. Uh, thank you, MacBook. I know you have low battery. We're going to try to power through this segment if that's all right with you. So let's talk about Paul George. The prodigal George returns. Uh, he hasn't played since December 22nd, but... He has since completed rehab on his torn ulnar collateral ligament in his right elbow. Uh, Ty Lu, Coach Ty Lu, said before the game that he would be on a minutes restriction, as we would expect with his return. I mean, man, I can't believe when I saw December 22nd, I said, really? Like, wiped it away? Yes, that's really what it was. Uh, but even with the minutes restriction that we saw, the minutes we did see were pretty darn good. So he started, he scored 34 points on 10 of 20 shooting, 6 of 9 from 3. He had six assists, two rebounds, four steals, and he only played 31 minutes. Uh, also of note, his 34 points were the most ever by a player who has missed their team's previous 40-plus games within one season. That, of course, according to Elias Sports Bureau Research. So that's exactly the kind of game you want to see on your first game back that we clearly don't ever see. So what does that also say about this injury? I mean, especially because it was an elbow injury. I hope it's that they took the time that was needed for it to heal and gave him time to get on five on five and get back in. Uh, but it also seems like, why were you out so long? Question mark. But nevertheless, the Clippers held down the fort for him. Uh, and also he now has more 30 point games this season, which is seven than the rest of the Clippers team combined six, which is expected because again, this was a team of role players. They score by committee. We like to see that, uh, they're gritty. Now the Clippers are hopeful that they'll get Norman Powell back ahead of the playoffs in mid April. I got really excited there. I'm sorry if that hurt your ear and you're listening, uh, because you guys know that I can't wait to see Norman Powell back in action, a former UCLA Bruin. Good to see him out of the boot recently as well. So they were they were targeting his return for just, just ahead of playoffs, and it looks like that is still on target. But before we get there, like I said, gauntlet of a schedule. Uh, next up, Clippers at Bulls on Thursday. The last three Clippers games have gone over, but the last three Bulls games have gone under. Again, this Clippers defense just not living up to what it's capable of, what we've seen so far this season. And then their offense being so streaky. And so on the nights when their offense can get it together and when their nights when they're going to have Paul George back in now, uh, we're seeing overs, but it's just not consistent enough necessarily. I really hope that the defense can lock things back down. That's more what I'm keeping an eye on, especially with Paul George returning, right? With Paul George back in the mix. Okay, great. We have at least somebody who's uh, kind of a star name on this team who can take that, over and kind of run the offense through, but uh, the defense needs to definitely tighten things back, back up. The Bulls, though, quite a skid of their own. I'm interested to see what Danny Burke of the Chicago CityCast has to say about this one. Make sure you check out his pod as well. He's in the CityCast family and he does a great job. He also hosts Rush Hour on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
But I'm interested to see what Danny has to say about this because uh, his Bulls not looking so great. Now, again, I just had to talk about the Lakers for like 10 minutes. So who am I over here on the Los Angeles City cast? But 5-11 and 11 straight up, the Bulls are. 4-12 and 12 ATS in their last 15 games. We've covered four of the last 15. Uh, a whiff, by the way, around a minus 7.5 net rating. Not ideal. Uh, their defense has been struggling. Their offense has been struggling. As far as their defense, opponents have averaged over 117 points per 100 possessions. That, of course, in non-garbage time minutes. But the Bulls did just get a win, albeit it was over the Wizards. Uh, but they got it. They easily covered as four-point favorites. Uh, so... Maybe a turn, maybe a turn here for the Bulls to get back on track. The last time these teams played was actually back in November, mid-November, so has not seen a lot of action between these two teams. The Clippers won that one by 10. I believe Paul George was still playing at that time. And look at that, full circle. Well, yeah, he must have been, right? Because he was out December 22nd, unless he just happened to take that game off. That said, they won by 10, and look at that nice low score, 100-90. to 90. We love to see that defense in action. Uh, different teams, obviously, now at this late in the season than we saw in November. But that said, it is kind of cool that last time they played, Paul George was playing, and now he's playing again. And uh, maybe the Clippers' defense will start to get back on track. Not something I want to bet on just yet. But in-game, I'm interested to see what the line is going to be for this game. I lean Clippers just, just initially off the bat here. But it'll be interesting to see what we get in-game with this team because the Clippers aren't necessarily the strongest first half team. So maybe there's an opportunity to get a really nice number on them here uh, and kind of take advantage of the skid, if you will, that the Bulls have been in. But I don't know. We'll have to see. Uh, the, you know that the Clippers have been a little bit dicey to bet on as well right now. But as far as their downward trajectory they were in for a little bit, just kind of, I don't want to call it a trajectory because they were just kind of falling off a bit. We'll say that. Um, maybe I'm just optimistic here. But now the return of Paul George, that's also just a huge morale boost to the team. I lean Clippers here. I do. I hope we see a Clippers win. Uh, next up, though, we have more L.A. action. We're taking it to the ice. A little NHL. This is the Los Angeles City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, BetRivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com today to sign up. Welcome back into the Los Angeles CityCast presented by BetRivers Sportsbook. I'm still your host, Danielle Alvari. And now we are not still doing something. We are talking about the NHL for the first time in quite, quite a while. We are taking it to the ice. I'm going to be honest with you guys. When I was in Vegas for my first year with VSIN, I was betting on hockey just about every night because I was doing a lovely show called Primetime Action that was so much fun with Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, and Kelly Bidlin. You should definitely check that out. The show goes on despite me abandoning ship and heading to Los Angeles, but so much fun. And hockey was the only thing that was on more consistently like every night. And you've seen that probably recently too. If people haven't been betting college basketball, which why? What are you doing? What? But... If that's not been your thing, I've been seeing a lot of people also looking at hockey bets. And hockey's real interesting. I think that Gil always said this thing that made me laugh about hockey, which was that I was betting on a game where there's a coach, but there's also like this little puck that's bouncing around on the ice and just bouncing off of walls. 
And what's the strategy here, coach? Like, are we, it's not like basketball where it's like, pass it to this guy, pass it to this guy. It is, I guess. Okay. I don't want to insult any hockey fans. Like pass to this guy, pass to this guy, shoot. But the puck just seems so much more volatile than a basketball, right? It's much smaller. It's on ice. It's in an enclosed space. It's bouncing off of walls. It's flying into the crowd, right? So uh, it always made me laugh because it is really volatile. And it's also interesting because it's one of the most difficult futures to bet also is Stanley Cup futures because so much can come down to just the final games of the season. But before I try to continue and sound like some kind of expert, there's a reason we have Andy McNeil, our Visa and hockey analyst, come on to talk about these games with me usually. But uh, nevertheless, we're going to explore this game. We have some good details here in case you're interested in getting on some action. On Wednesday, the Kings at the Oilers. Uh, so the Oilers, kind of a big game here. Big time Pacific Division game here. It starts at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. The Oilers, uh, minus one and a half. So on the puck line, plus 118. And the Kings, plus one and a half, minus 141. Money line, the Oilers are minus 210. And the Kings are plus 175. The total sitting at six and a half. So like I said, big time Pacific Division game here. Because it looks like the Kings currently hold a two-point edge in the standings. Uh, but it's unfortunate the position they're in now because they're dealing with a lot of injuries and they also just lost to Seattle, which I haven't been following the NHL that closely this season, but I know that Seattle is not a good team and they just lost to them six to one at home, mind you. Uh, so that's big trouble spelt out there. Meanwhile, the Oilers hold the tiebreakers against the Kings. So if they win in regulation on Wednesday, they'll take over second place in the Pacific. So kind of something interesting going on here. And I am surprised, too, when I first brought on Andy McNeil to preview the season, he talked about how the Kings and the Ducks were good teams to get in on, especially if you were newer to hockey or even if you were an old fan because they're heading towards a good situation. They have these young, talented guys and they seem like they're going in the right direction as franchises. But he did say that he thought that the Ducks, I believe, would be the the better team to watch. And we did see that a little bit, but it was a little bit, man, I just have Arizona on the brain or Gonzaga on the brain and people saying fraudulent. But that the Ducks wins were a little fraudulent because the statistics showed us that some of that was luck and that it was going to you know, regress to the mean. We did see that as well. Ducks kind of back on a not-so-good path. But the Kings have been, interestingly, very, very decent. They're 4-4-2 four, four, and two in their last 10 games. And the Oilers are 2-2-1 two, two, and one in their last five. So should be a really good kind of even matchup. Uh, the Oilers did just beat Arizona 6-1 on Monday. And they are on a current seven-game home winning streak. So, it I mean, it's no surprise that we're seeing the Oilers favored here, especially minus 210, pretty heavy favorites. I believe they're 13-2 and two when they are favored by minus 205 or shorter. So, right around that range. Uh, the Oilers did win 5-2 to two in the most recent game, which was February 15th. But LA won before that 5-1 to one on December 5th. So both were road wins. If you want to look at players to possibly bet on to score a goal, Connor McDavid, look no further. He's one of the Oilers' top scorers this season. He has 98 total points. And he's averaging a half a goal per game, shooting 14.2%. That said, on the Kings side, Anze Kopitar is averaging 0.8 goals per game for the Kings. He's only got 50-plus or so, but... Pretty high average for the games he has played. I'm sure you've heard this name before, especially if you're a Kings fan. So definitely something worth looking at. Uh, Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson have been goaltending, switching off. Peterson started the last two games, so you would look to Quick here to get the nod in, in Edmonton on Wednesday. He has a 15-12-4 record this season with a .909 save percentage. That is hashtag good, in case you're wondering. 
And he also has a much higher uh, goal saved above expected for the year at 14 and a half compared to Peterson, who is minus 2.7. So quite a bit better, if you will. It's fun to throw these numbers out, especially about a sport that you don't watch as closely, didn't grow up watching as closely, or are just a casual fan of. Because you're probably sitting there like, goals saved above expected, what? Yeah, like we're factoring out the goals that he that were really impressive that he saved, right? And when you look at just simple numbers of 14.5 compared to minus 2.7, it's uh, pretty easy to see that we have quite an advantage here with Jonathan Quick. But that said, the total is a little bit juiced to the over here. Again, total sitting at 6.5. We're used to seeing 5.5 for a lot of these hockey games. So we are expecting a lot of goals here. And like I said, 5-1 to one on December 5th and 5-2 to two on February 15th. So these games have both had six or more goals. So are we going to continue to see that? I'm not sure. My experience, at least last season with hockey, was that the more times the teams meet, the less times they score. It also depends, of course, on travel and how many games they've played recently, who's injured, who's sick. COVID was a heck of a thing to try to handicap as well. But luckily, we're not having to deal with that as much. That said, we are having to deal with injuries. The Kings team is just too beat up to back. So I'm going to lean Oilers here, and maybe you get better value with them on the puck line. Oilers minus one and a half at plus 118. Both of those games, like I said, were decided by more than one point. LA won by four. The Oilers won by three. I think we're going to see a big discrepancy again. But the Kings, yeah, too beat up for me to back. The Ducks are also in action, but on Thursday, so not Wednesday. They just played the Stars on Tuesday. They lost. But they have another shot at them on Thursday. Right now, the Ducks are seventh place in the Pacific Division. They're 39 and 29 ATS on the season, but they have now lost 10 games straight. They lost to the Stars 3 to 2 on Tuesday night. John Gibson was actually in goal for the Ducks, which is, you know, their better goalie, you would say. Uh, and Jake Ottinger for the Stars. Since the All Star break, John Gibson, 2 11 and 1 with a save percentage of 0.857. Not killer. Not wonderful. But like I said, they get another shot at the Stars, the Stars of Dallas. Unfortunately, the Stars are just the better team here. Where do we start? They rank higher in both 5-on-5 five five expected goals per 60 minutes and 5-on-5 five five expected goals against per 60 minutes here. Uh, over the last nine games, the Ducks... Averaging just 1.77 goals scored per game. In the game they just lost to the Stars on Tuesday, they lost 3-2. to two. They haven't scored more than three goals in 11 games, so under 3.5 on this team is looking kind of enticing to me. Uh, it's very bettable. What's really cool in Bet Rivers is you can go and there's a slider scale and you can bet these team totals or any total really. They have a lot of different options with this kind of slider scale. And you can bet whatever you want. Not that you need the fun slider to do it. I know that there are other ways to bet it on other sports books, but you can hop on and slide that to the thing you want and it will give you odds for that. So that's pretty cool. Not sure how juiced that's going to be, uh, how much you're going to have to lay to bet something like under three and a half on their team total, because guess what? The books know what we know and more. It's like it's their job or something to make these really sharp lines. But that said, Ducks haven't scored more than three goals in 11 games. They scored exactly three in five of those 11. So if you want to go an exacta, I don't think this is the game where they're going to score three goals. I'm just saying. Uh, the Stars also averaging over 3.23 goals per game in their last 14 games. So they've been scoring. 
They're also six and two to the over in their last eight meetings with the Ducks, which is interesting because we don't have the line for this yet, but I wonder if this will be a five and a half or a six and a half total, given what we know about these overs hitting and the stars averaging. I think that the struggle is the Ducks have not been scoring really well. So you're probably going to see this at a five and a half. And it might be interesting to look at an over, even though I know we just saw a three, two on Tuesday. Hmm. Hmm. Over in the first period. How about that? I used to bet lots of first period bets with hockey and those usually went really well. Actually, I was actually very successful with those as well as uh, no run in the first innings in baseball, which baseball is right back around the corner. I can't wait for it. The Ducks, I mean, come on. Come on. The Stars are going to win this one, I think. Six and two over their last eight meetings with the Ducks. Maybe they make that seven on Thursday. But hey, maybe the Ducks are due. Maybe the Ducks are due, right? They've lost 10 straight. That said, that's my time on hockey. That's what I have for you guys. This will get better as we go, of course, when we have more time to dig into this. And also, really, I know I've teased this a bunch of times, but WNBA right around the corner. And I'm going to be diving into that a lot in the month of April, waiting for March Madness to wrap up here because one focus at a time. I cannot ride two horses with one ass, so I am trying to. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on this podcast, but I did. Um but that is something I'm excited to be diving into, looking at all the teams and breaking down what we have to look forward to this coming season. And spoiler alert, it's lots of winning bets, I bet. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Los Angeles CityCast. As always, new shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Tweet at me. Find me. Thank you so much for following the Los Angeles CityCast. I really appreciate you guys for listening. I'll be back for more LA action on Friday. We got Final Four to talk about women's and men. So come on back to the Los Angeles CityCast presented by Bet Rivers.